podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What if you could make fresh, delicious meals at home without the stress of planning, prepping, or cleaning up? Introducing Tavala. Tavala is a first-of-its-kind meal service that makes eating well effortless. By combining a countertop smart oven with delivered meals, just scan a QR code to cook dinner. First, choose from a variety of chef-crafted meals delivered weekly to your door. When you're ready to eat, just do one minute of easy prep. Next, scan your meal's QR code with the Tavala Smart Oven. While the oven automatically switches between modes and temperatures for the perfect cook, just sit back and relax. Your food's ready in 25 minutes or less. No shopping, no chopping, no cleanup. Simplify mealtime today with Tavala. Go to Tavala.com now to save $150 on a Tavala Smart Oven when you agree to order meals six times. That's T-O-V-A-L-A dot com. Promo applied automatically at checkout. Tavala. Eat well effortlessly. Tavala dot com. gentlemen welcome back to the Axon Bulletin it's Tuesday it's a Tuesday gentlemen after another Celtic victory um, up in Dingwall a good 3-1 victory still at the top of the table two games in uh, Patrick compared to last year it's just so so nice at this point in time to have a settled squad know the players inside out know that they know the manager's system and the results are, are happening for us very early on yep and fully deserved results as well Um not only that, it doesn't feel, you know, absolutely world-ending if we don't win the game. You know, you've got four Champions League qualifiers last season. Well, European qualifiers, we only had one round. But it, it doesn't feel like an absolute disaster if we lose a game. You know, there's 38 games to the season. We've played two of them, 36 to go. So still plenty of time. Still getting into the swing of things, if I've been honest. Um, I think the players would say that as well. Um, but... It's just enjoyable so far because the two performances have been brilliant. You know, we've probably not scored as much as what we should have. It was a bit of a scare uh, on uh, Saturday. You know, we, we left it quite late. But if you get watching it and your stream never cut out, aye. Oh god, I don't know. Uh, that was murder. Um, but you know, the d- d- delighted for big ends and just you know, on to the next game, really. Yeah, it is on to the next game, uh, Lawrence. I think everything that Patrick said that I would share those sentiments I thought Celtic were very dominant much like the Aberdeen game especially in the first half we created a lot of chances maybe we were a tad wasteful in front of goal but you can just tell I think you know as Patrick says even after what Anne said last week about you know we're in and out of the season um, there's nothing about rhythm 
you can just see that this Celtic team's just getting up to kind of speed, probably with competitive football. But listen, we're getting the points, we're getting the goals, and we're putting two really good performances, I think. Yeah, but it's Kyogo and Yakamakis, we need to get up to, to speed, don't we? We want them to get uh, back to last season's form. So, you know, score, scoring for 84 minutes to go back ahead. I, I, I don't know if that's leaving it late. Certainly, we've left it later at Dingwall, haven't we? Absolutely. There's 90 minutes every game. Uh, and yeah, the squad's settled. We know what we've got. The, the, the players just seem so much more in control than previous seasons, or in terms of recruitment, the style that we're playing. So it's it's going to be an exciting season, I think. You know, the, the team's definitely got a few levels that can get through. I don't know if we'll bring in any more players unless we see a Yeti or, or Julian go. And when it, I think anyone that comes in is probably going to come in and loan, aren't they? It's, uh, we've spent a bit of money. I'm not too sure that Celtic will be uh, wanting to pay out transfer fees, maybe loan fees with options to buy. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one with the transfer market. There has been a wee link within literally the, half, the last half ever. Um, Gary Oliver's came in here in the comments to say, all oh, quiet the transfer front. It isn't all quiet the transfer front because in the last half hour or so, Celtic have been linked with a player from Barcelona, Alec Calado, um, supposedly going by reports in Spain that Celtic have made an offer to take the player on loan. He is an attacking uh, midfielder slash winger, so probably somebody that would suit the system, and it is a loan deal. So an interesting one to keep your eye on. Coming from reports in Spain, just reading this in front of me, uh, Olympiacos, uh, Celtic and two La Liga teams have been the first to move for uh, the player. He's been in the, the youth squad at Barcelona, um, and he's attracting a lot of suitors. Um, so, an interesting one to keep your eye on. Probably a bit more exciting than uh, Ross Barkley uh, and that one, Patrick. But just back to, to Saturday, because we can come back to uh, Calado very shortly. Um, the first goal, it's the, the build-up tape's absolutely cracking. I think it was the epitome of a lot of good play under Ange Postacoglu from what we've watched. You see Greg Taylor, you know, really... He's further forward than you know we'd probably expect him to have been at points last season. He's up there, he rides a challenge. First of all, probably come to that. It's a horrific challenge in the game. I think a lot of people were saying after the game they were disappointed with Ross County's approach to the game because at times he, you know, can play a bit of football, they like to get the ball on the deck. But, you know, definitely a different approach from Malcolm McKay when he's playing Celtic. Yeah, I definitely think that could have been a red. You know, he's sort of he's sort of flown into the challenge. It's a bit of a Ping ball situation, ball's going everywhere. He's flown in, studs up, and he could have done Taylor a really nasty injury. But um, you know, luckily uh, Jota sort of gets the break of the ball. We one two McGregor, and then sort of lays it up in a plate for Kyogo. And it is, it's a brilliant goal, um, very tightly worked, quickly worked, and you know, um, O'Reilly actually makes a good run to the front post so that Kyogo's free, sort of basically in the penalty spot, and he just sort of slots it in near post. It's a fantastic goal, and um, you know you think we're just going to go on from there, but you know unfortunately we get we get um, the equaliser comes ten minutes later for that corner. Um, but you know we're playing well enough that um, the, the BBC describe it as rescued. But you know we sort of got our uh, just rewards for the the performance, in my opinion. End up going on to win three one. Yeah, I thought we thoroughly deserved to, to win the game. Lord, it's just back to that challenge. Kevin Graham's came in here to say it's a sending off challenge. I totally agree with him. I think, you know, all the, the hyperbole that's going around about the, the Yent celebration after the goal and should have been off the part and whatnot. I think this is the one that should probably be discussed. He's high. 
there's no real attempt to play the ball. And Greg Taylor, I think, is a lucky, lucky boy. Yeah, listen, he's high. He's out of control. This textbook sending off. What the referee's thinking, who knows? He seems to allow a lot of these types of challenges to go. You know, there's no reason he couldn't have called it back and booked him. He's definitely seen the challenge. Uh, and, you know, he's decided it's not worth any action. It's, I think it's time, you know, refs were made to come out and kind of explain their decisions and stuff like this. Could, if you're looking at if Taylor doesn't get out of the way, he could easily have a broken leg, you know, and yeah. be that's a large part of the season. What's the ref thinking when he sees that challenge? Why is it not a sending off? Yeah, and uh, at that point in time, Celtic, you probably wouldn't see he's in too much of an advanced position to probably go and, and score the goal, um, which Patrick comes from absolutely lovely free from Jota. It was the first of three assists in the day. Absolutely, you know, first-class performance from him. You know, after after last week, you know, he scored that wonder goal. The manager said a wee bit of a, wee bit of a bite at him. And listen, you know, he's just went on and he scored that. He's got three absolutely fantastic assists and probably deserved a, a goal in the day, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, you know, definitely the um, the best player on the day, I think. Um, and he does really well, actually, to get to that ball from McGregor. You know, I didn't think he was going to get there. Um, but he does really well and then cuts it back to Kyogo. Um, three brilliant setups, you know. Uh, the third one, I think you have to give more credit to Abada because he's sort of on the turn and he scores from outside the box. But, mm. you know, the, the setup for the first two are definitely all Jota. Um, and. He's had a great start to the season. Um, you know, he's he, he sort of he's formed up to a little bit uh, in New Year last season, uh, last season, and then it sort of picked up in April May again, and he was really really important for us. And he looks as if he's going to be really really important for us at the early part of this season because I think he's probably our best player at the moment, um, and he, he's a very exciting player to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. Lawrence, I know you maybe had your reservations a wee bit around the, the price tag and whatnot, but he's proven that price tag. And at this point in time, if he continues this form up, six million is going to be an absolute steal. He was world-class on Saturday, Jota. Yeah, uh, great performance on Saturday. How's he going to handle the plastic pitch? This will be his first time on one one it for us. Uh, I think, Chile, is it? did he play at Alaba? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not too sure. Maybe somebody can look at that one, but yeah, I think it will be his first time in the plastic certainly in the league anyway. Yeah, well, hopefully he can produce the same kind of performance. Oh, that's, that's rubbish. Yeah. Livingston, he's played at Livingston before. Oh. I don't know. He's played in plastic so, before. Played at Livy. Well, hopefully he can continue his form because, as you say, it's you know three assists, one goal, or two games in. Uh, it, it's frightening. Yeah. You know, some people don't think he's the best player, you, you, you know, in the league. Mm. Uh, you know, you've just got to Some people have been one person, Lawrence. You don't need to say his name, but we all know who you're talking about, but we won't even go there. But I think at this point in time, he three assists and a goal. Phenomenal. Yeah, it's just outstanding. And our boy is phenomenal, from the, it's just now Leo Bader, what numbers mm. he's got. What? You know, it, it's got to be terrifying to any defence. You know, the, after my head has been uh, running them ragged, looked as if he'd taken a kick that put him out. For two games in, we're missing Rio... And now Meira through fairly hefty challenges. You, you, you know, at some point the refs need to go, wait a minute here. You know, we're only two games in. But I think the club maybe needs to call us out and say, say look, we're two games in, we're missing two players through late challenges on them. It's not good. I mean, the, the one in Rio, the knee into the back, how that's not a sending off. You know, no attempt to play the ball, just jumps up, knees him on the back. It's 
So hopefully the rest get a wee bit better. Uh, I know we've got VAR. I suppose they'll come to, to the rescue halfway through the season. But geez, if we keep losing players at this rate, you know, and I, I think it's time that you know the club called out because that tackle on Taylor's just it is a leg breaker, isn't it? You know, Taylor doesn't. It's a leg breaker. Yeah, absolutely agree. It's a leg breaker. Um, just just on that kind of winger conundrum, probably we could call it now, Patrick. You've got a badder coming in. You scored that absolute cracker of a goal. I'm not coming to it yet. Alan Robertson's coming into here to say he thinks that he's very underrated. His numbers are astonishing for a, a, a boy of his age. Um, again, I don't like saying that because it's a bit weird to me and you, Patrick, that there's Celtic players younger than us now. It's not very nice. There's been a kind of, the whole COVID times, a kind of switch over. You've got Celtic players coming through now playing in the first team that are younger than you and I. Um, but he's came into the team. He's a big, big impact player. And again, um, on this point that we spoke about last week everybody's seen that it's clear as day Jota is far better in the left and listen that is where all the assists come from um, so as our tagline says you know is that a badder in Jota possibly just for the visit to Kelly to see how it goes um, I'm, I'm, I, I mean there's no harm in it I suppose uh, you know I, I think he's definitely better in the left you know it's his natural position you know I'm, I'm a big fan of playing players in a natural position after having to deal with Callum McGregor at left back several times in the space of eight months, um, I, I, I don't think you're. I don't think the team's any weaker if you go for Jota and Abada. You know that's the sort of team that we went with first half of last season, and then you bring in Maeda and it sort of you, you sort of switch it up quite a lot. We've got the injuries and Johnson and Owen Moffat come in, but you know it's a it's a good problem to have Maeda, Jota, and Abada. You know you don't really know who to play because all three are in such good form. You know, Maeda brings something totally different. You know, the speed on him, eh, the pressing, eh, the early crosses and stuff. Eh, he was another one who was phenomenal towards the end of last season. But Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I think Abad is he's, he's been really good the last couple of games when he's he's only came on as a substitute. And mm. I think it would be totally fair to start him. Um, I'm always a bit concerned about a plastic pitch. You know, as you, you two were saying, we've already got two injuries. It could have been a, a really nasty third if that uh, challenge connects with Taylor's leg. Um, and, you know, Kelly aren't the, the nicest team to play against, so... I'd be worried in that regard, but if we can get an early two goal lead or something and sort of take all these valuable players off, um, I could I could certainly go with that. Yeah, no, absolutely, I could go with that. Um, David Ferguson's come in here in the comments to ask, well, maybe they'll be fit for the weekend. Obviously, subbed off at half time um, on Saturday. From Andrew's comments after the game, he said it didn't look like too much a concern, but if there probably is any doubt in there, I would imagine uh, Ange to go with Abada and uh, Jota, two players that have played with each other many a time, know each other very well. Um, and there's no absolutely Patrick. I don't think it makes the team any weaker. Um, you know, And I think you can trust Abada to come in, do the job as he did off the bench. 
um, on Saturday. But you know, it's a great conundrum for Ange to be in. Remember last season at one point we were playing uh, Jura in, in the right wing. So listen, it's a good conundrum to be in. Um, just just after that, you know, we conceded the goal. Big Yates maybe gets caught a wee bit. Bit poor under Biakavati, uh, but listen, it's his first game. He's not played a lot of football uh, over the course, Lawrence, and he makes a main it, and it's an absolutely cracking tower and header, man. The, the corner, I like that went with the short corner. Jota's ball in's delightful, and he rises up like a salmon in there. It's a great, great header. Yeah, it looks as if he, he's going to be a threat in the opposition box. I mean, I think first half, he lost his man, and they get a header just before half time as well. So I think maybe he's just a wee bit rusty at the moment. Yeah, he let the boy get the run off him. So he didn't do too well for their goal. But he taken his goal. Great, isn't it? You know, it's got to boost his confidence. A fairly impressive debut. I think it's his shot now, isn't it? To lose. This yeah. is the big debate we've got today. Yep. No, yeah. go for it, Lawrence. No, you know, I think Angel put trust in him now. He, he, you know, he can play with his left foot. The balance looks good in defence. And we've not been scoring as much as we, sh- we should from corners, have we? So I think he definitely uh, is going to be a, a help there uh, with his height and yeah, tennis goal, tennis goal well. I mean, Big Julian uh, used to be good for a, a goal, didn't he? I think he's like almost yeah. one in six, isn't it? A goal every six games or something. Obviously, his time's up at Celtic. Hopefully, you know we can get him moved out and, and reinvest some money. But yeah, Jens looks as if he could be taking over that. Uh, Goal scoring centre half man mantle he keeps going on hit yeah, the end of crosses like that. Yeah, there's a few people's disbelief at that. Uh, Brian Walsh has come in here to say two goals from corners, obviously second rotation from the, the corner at the weekend and two league games. I honestly can't recall the last time that happened. Um yeah, Patrick, it's it's great to have that threat in the box. You know, as Lawrence touched on there, Julian um in his first season at Celtic was a great threat um at, at corners. But that is going to be one of the big questions today. And here it is from Alan Robertson. Does Jens keep his place? Because obviously we know Stephen Welsh missed out because of an illness at the weekend. He scored in the opening day. You've got Jens coming in and he scores. You're not going to drop Cameron Carter-Vickers. Starfield's back on the bench. Who the hell does Ange Postacoglu play at centre-back? Well, how interesting, won't it? Because if Starfield, Welsh and Jens are all fit and available, who he goes with... Um... I think you probably have to stick with Jens. Um, you know, he played well, he scored. You know, you could say that about Welsh last weekend, but he was out with an illness, so you just need to put that down to bad luck. But I'd, I'd stick with Jens, you know. I wouldn't drop a player who's playing well. Um, you've got two very able deputies to come in or come on as a sub if Jens either hits a bad patch of form or gets injured. So it's good to have these options, but I would stick with the starting 11 that's playing well at the moment. Um you know, they've earned their jersey, so I'd let them keep it. Um, but I honestly didn't foresee this as a as a, can, uh, can as, a place that, as a place that we would be. You know, I didn't think that we'd seriously be, be seriously considering Welsh as a starting centre-half, but he's played well in pre-season, he played well against Aberdeen. Um, he's making a lot of forward passes, which sometimes, you know, Carter Vickers and Starfield don't do so well, whereas Welsh is more willing to sort of take those chances. Um, but I, it, it, as you say, it's a, fin- a fantastic conundrum to have, and it's, it's it's certainly one I'd prefer to the countdown conundrum because that's a lot more difficult. Yeah, um, I'm more of a numbers game man in that one, so 
the, the letters, terrible word numbers game, absolutely fine. Uh, Lawrence, you know, coming on this, we're getting a lot of comments, in, which is great. Um, people are saying, you know, it's it's uh, his jersey to, to keep until the, he gets injured or there's a bad performance. Callum Hardy's come in here to say that he believes that the defence is to be judged in Europe. He uh, let in too many last season. And another comment in here coming and saying that the pressure is on their both Welsh and Yank scoring. Um, I'll probably have to I'd keep Moritz Yanks in there. Um, he's came in. He's probably didn't expect to get the opportunity so early. Um, but Lawrence, just to kind of touch back on this, you made a really good point last week in trying to get Carol Starfield probably kind of fit leading up to that derby game. Where, where does the game time come for, for, for possibly Carol Starfield? Or is that even a, a question that we might be asking in two or three weeks' time if Moritz Yanks slips in there and, and does his business? Well, that's the thing. If Jens keeps, you know, he'll, he'll sharpen up a bit because I think he was a wee bit slack in the box a couple of times, players running off him. I think he'll sharpen up. Ready that was the miss. We know Ange's on record saying he doesn't like to change the defence too often. You know, it, it's the forward players he likes to rotate. So if he comes in and does well, I don't think Ange's going to be saying, you know what, I'm going to try and show on some game time in for Carol Starfelt. Because if Jens is doing the business, why, why would you change it? You know, I think he, when you when you look at him on the ball, you know, just being left footed, it's, it's just a better balance. The ball moves out quicker from him as well. I know it's only kind of one game, one goal, but it looks as if he's going to be a threat in the opposition box, which is certainly something we've been missing, you know. And you, you, what would the odds been at the start of the season? Two games in, two goals for corners. <laughs> Pretty long odds. So if he can keep this up, you know. So I, I, I think he keeps it, and I don't think it's a matter of getting. Starfelt game time, uh, you know. Welsh has got to be, be sitting there as well, going, you know, whenever he's fit again. Yeah, no. absolutely. It's just un, it's just unfortunate for him with that illness because he'd have probably kept his place, wouldn't he? Have? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's been a couple of clubs in for him. I don't know. Do you know? I'd said maybe if he could get another centre half and a loan, put Welsh out for a season long loan, like Ayer. You know, get him a lot of football because he really needs football at, at this age. Welsh, if we're going to develop him for the future, then I don't think. You know, he came in, he done well against Aberdeen and then he was unfortunate with illness. It looked like, you know, he'd, he'd done enough to keep his place and he'd maybe get a run. Yeah. With Jens coming in scoring <laughs> and doing well and him being ill, you know, Starfield coming back to fitness. You know, if you're three day games down, say Starfield, or Jens gets injured, who do you then bring in? Starfield or Welsh? It's going to be, it'll be interesting. But yeah, Jens and Cameron Carter-Vickers just now. Taylor and Juranovic don't tinker too much with the defence and... I think that's what the way Angel play it. Okay, I think that's a fair point. Patrick, um, David's come in here in the comments to say that he believes that Carol Starfield plays as soon as he's fully fit. Obviously back on the bench at the weekend, didn't feature at all in pre-season for Celtic. What is your thoughts on that? Because, you know, just as I touched on with Lawrence there, he made that point last week, but if you've got, you know, a competition between Yates and Wales, both have scored headers um, in the first two games... Where does Carol Starfield come into this conversation or does the manager just go back to the tried and tested partnership that benefited Celtic so well last season? It's a bit of a tricky one, isn't it? Yeah, um, you know, I, I think Yen should keep his place as long as he's fit and on form. Um, after that, I think you probably do have to go with Starfield uh, if he is fully fit. I don't know about dropping Jens after only two games um, for Starfield just because he was the man last season. Um also, people will say a plastic pitch right away, you know? Aye, aye. Um, not ideal. Um, 
I'd certainly stick with Jens for this weekend, definitely. Um, I, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, as, as we keep on saying, it's a great problem to have. Um, I I personally think for as long as he's playing well and he's fully fit, I think he stick with Jens because you know he's the one with the jersey, um, and I think it really is as simple as that. You know, you can worry about who replaces him if and when he hits a bad patch of form or gets injured. I think you know Starfield's first off the bench for that. Then it's definitely Welsh. Um, Aye, as I, as I keep saying, it's a great problem to have. Yeah, it is a great problem to have. Um, other people have come in in the comments here to say, you know, do we actually have four good centre-backs? This is very un-Celtic. Um, and Kevin Graham's coming a really good point here, saying that Starfield is playing catch-up. Obviously been out since June after his injury away with Sweden. Welsh and Jensen in front of him based solely on match fitness. I'd absolutely agree with that. Um, it's... It's a shame for Carol Starfoot in that position, but listen, he'll be working hard and training, and it's good that you've got players in there pushing each other. Lawrence, which is important about this, the squad, and uh, you know, as you've already touched on with Chris Julian, he wasn't even featured in the bench, which I think says everything that, that Starfield is coming in um, after just returning from injury. Julian, Julian's in the pre season, but listen, he's favoured over him, so I think that basically says everything on that. To, to touch away from the centre backs, to go just a wee position behind them. There's a big, huge save in this game on Saturday from Joe Hart. And, you know, we heard all this stuff a year ago about he's poor in his left side and blah, blah, blah. It's a cracking save. And listen, if Ross County go 2-1 up, maybe you're not struggling, but it's hard to go back and get the victory. Um, it's a great save late on in the game, isn't it? Yeah, he's just shown every inch of his class, isn't he? We know what we've got. We're really lucky to have somebody, you know, of his ability. That came here solely because he wanted to play football. You know, he didn't come here for the wages, taking a big cut. So, Joe Hart just show, just showing what a top keeper he is. Uh, you know, it's, it's a bit worrying. County did get a few few chances from headers. It's probably something that, that we work on. We knew County were going to be strong from corners, but I suppose Ange said that we created more than enough chances to win the game, and it could have been more than three that we scored. But uh, yeah, big Joe's. Uh, He's far and away our best keeper, isn't he? Isn't he? And he's just showing absolute class. And you know, we, we need him at, at times like that. Hopefully, he's pulling out some saves like that in Europe and, and keeping clean sheets. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people are saying, you know, base, make your judgment on this defence and goalkeeper when we get into European football, which is, I think, is a fair you know point to make. And even you know, other folk are saying here, Jason's coming in the comments. He's after we play Hearts in the United. In the Derby game, uh, we'll know a lot more about who the best centre-back pairing will be. But listen, it's game by game. Ange Postacoglu, I don't think, as I said, start 11. He will rotate based on whoever he thinks is the best 11 to defeat the opposition. Um, and that's how we go forward. But Patrick, even just kind of on Joe Hart and that kind of wider conversation, we've had Seagrass come into the club. Um, it's added a bit of depth to that position. And we'll probably come back to Greg Taylor, but obviously Burnaby's came in there too. It's probably been... It's benefited them as well as the centre-halves that there is competition in that team now. Now, listen, I don't think if Joe Hart had a stinker, he'd probably be dropped right away for Ben Segrist, but it is important that you've got depth in the position and somebody behind you that's pushing you. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, he sort, of, he, he sort of came out of the team in late December, Joe Hart, and, you know, we didn't really know why. I think it was a, was it a hand injury um, mm. or something like that. He'd, I don't know. Something to do with his, his hands or his fingers or whatever. And, you know, you had Barcasp come in and you're just never going to really have confidence in that guy, are you? I, he could turn into the best keeper in the world and Celtic fans probably still wouldn't have confidence in him because, you know, the season they had last season was just unbelievable. And, 
you know, he didn't have any help in front of him. You know, he's a constantly changing back three. You know, Shane Duffy included, but it's important that you can have someone in there who's who's reliable, who you can have confidence in. And I think that's half the battle as well. I think if your centre-halves have confidence in the goalkeeper, I think that was by heart was such a good signing because our centre-halves at the beginning of last season could have such confidence, eh, a lot of confidence in Joe Hart making the saves. Um, And I don't think, I don't think Seagrass is a better keeper than Hart, but I think it's it's important to have a very good and competent backup. Um, and he certainly proved at Dundee United that he's he's capable of making the step up because I think as we pointed out a week or two ago he signed for Dundee United when they were in the Championship mm-hmm. and then he came up to the Premiership last season and had a brilliant season made a couple of wonder saves against us and then signed for us so he's on a bit of a he's on a bit of a journey himself in his career but um, I think it's good to have these options you know and it's it's you know, some there were periods in last season where we didn't have any options in some positions, and now we seem to have two or three in every position, which is a it's a fantastic place to be in. Yeah, it is a fantastic place to be in. Um, Lawrence, I want to come back to to this point from Alan Robertson in the comments. Usual Tuesday contributor who's asking the question. He's playing devil's advocate here, and um, I'll just read it out. Does a bad benefit from being a sub as an impact player? Um, if we start a badder and it doesn't happen for him, does Maeda make uh, does it make Maeda a more important first team player and a badder coming off the bench? And other people are saying that you know, this comment in here from Swindle saying a badder's goals and assists are undeniable, but he's very quiet out with that. Maeda offers something more crucial to the system, manage uh, to the manager the entire game. Good problem to have. Both sides of the coin there. But what is your thoughts on that one? I think, you know, five out of front six are probably going to change during the game. You know, if you're coming off the bench, you're probably coming off to play against a tired defence. Especially, you know, Maeda's been chasing them down all game. Or they've been up against Jota and Jota's moved over to the left. So, I bet, bet you bad as glad he's come on fresh and, and facing a, a tired fullback. He'd probably rather be starting. But, but you know, he, he seems happy enough. He's not, he's not running to press or anything, even though his numbers are great. And he could well justify a start. But I, I think this is part of Angie's system, isn't it? It's a team game, a squad game. He knows he's going to pressure up, you know, the attacking players during the game. So, yeah, for, for a bad one against a tired defence, it's definitely a bonus for him. Could he start and maybe have a similar impact? Probably, you know. It, it's just, it, it is cracking to have these options. It just shows you, the, you know, kind of the turnaround that Angie's done inside 12 months of the squad that he's over to where we are now. You know, I mean, Lil Abada's numbers are absolutely frightening. You know, there's some wingers in the league, people are talking, you know, 14, 20 million quid, whatever. But they don't come anywhere near Abada's numbers. You know, and it's... If he keeps this up, you, you know, he is going to be a 20 million pound player. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't doubt that. And listen, at the start of a long time to go in his development, he is only 20. He's only going to get better uh, with more games, more goals, more assists. And listen, by the time he maybe decides to depart from Celtic, he could have quite frightening numbers um, overall. Patrick, what, what's your take on this? That kind of both sides of the argument there, Abada coming on, maybe being better as an impact player, it suits something against a tired defence. But, you know, I think last season he probably proved that he could do it from the start and coming off the bench. You know, if you think back to that late goal against Dundee United and whatnot, you know, going through the, the whole game with that, I think as, as a player at his stage of development, you know, he's proved that he can be either or. Um, and I think we've probably seen little of Maeda coming off the bench because he started so many games for Celtic, but he is 
very crucial to, to the system that Ange Postecoglou wants to play. Yeah, um, it, it's a testament to, to how good a player he is at his age that Arbada can do both of those things. Um, I'm just thinking back, you know, at, at, at the beginning of last season, you had the, the Alkmaar game where he, he tees it up on a plate for Kyogo two minutes in. And then Ferenc Varos away, he tees it up for Kyogo two minutes in as well. Or, yeah. Aye, he does, doesn't he? Ferenc Varos away two minutes so. in. Um so he's good at that, you know, straight from kickoff, two minutes in, he's pressing, he's winning the ball and he's setting up um, setting up goals for his teammates. Similarly, I think he comes on, I want to say it's either St Johnson or Ross County, I can't remember now. We won 6 nothing in May and uh, I think he comes on and he scores the last goal. He just sort of runs in and takes it off, off the There's side of someone. The 7-0 game against St Johnson. 7-0, sorry, I thought it was 6. He comes on and scores either you know, the second last of the last goal. I think he steals it off Maeda's foot or something. Uh, but I, he can definitely do both. And you've seen that against County. Um, he comes on, scores a goal, makes a real impact. And, you know, as Lawrence said, he's not one to complain. I don't think anyone in the squad is, actually. They're, they're such a tight-knit squad. And, you know, and, and as Ange says, you know, they've got to have the right mentality to play for his Celtic team and they, they all do have the right mentality they're all playing for each other they're all playing for the club um, and it's great to see because you can really see the effort and the teamwork um, and the determination because when you've got really good players and you've got a really good attitude it's hard to go wrong uh, in my opinion Yeah, absolutely um, to kind of conclude our uh, thoughts in the game on Saturday, Lawrence. The third goal is Yakimakis and Taylor pressing really high up the park. Um, again, you know, something you wouldn't have seen from Greg Taylor before Ange Postecoglou arrived at the club. They won the ball back, and it's a you know world class finish. You could probably say from Lulabada in the turn, places it right into that corner, and it just you know sums up a, a really good performance. And you know, I think Celtic deserved those types of goals at the end of the game. Yeah, you, you know. Th- Three goals didn't flat us, but the finish is absolutely outstanding, isn't it? And Greg Taylor, another player Angie's developing. I know Jared told us when he came on from Celtic down under saying, look, Angie's got the track record of developing players. Look what he's done to Taylor's game. It's just outstanding, isn't it? Uh, I know we've got a new Argentinian boy. I, I just can't see when he's going to get in if Greg Taylor keeps up this form. It, you know, I, I think he's going to be sitting on the bench for a long time if, if Greg keeps playing like this. Maybe it'll be a take a tackle like some of the ones we've already seen before he gets his chance. But yeah, Taylor's been brilliant and really bad. It's just absolutely outstanding. It's just a special goal, isn't it? A really special goal. Patrick, um, Greg Taylor, you know, I think probably everything could be said and, and written about him just now. He's been absolutely sensational in his first two games. I had to be looking at his stats yesterday. He's got a great uh, pass percentage at 84%. He takes the ball, he creates chances. He's good at breaking up play. He likes to get forward, you know, I always like to see the, the loss in the half space and Twitter stuff after the games and you see him making that overlap run as well as it's happening on the inside. He's doing it on the outside and it is, you know, happening on the inside. Uh, you know, I think that's just everything about Ange Postecoglou's system and it's probably why Ange said the other week other teams don't take notice of the way we play football because when you got teams doing that, it's very, very hard to cope with. Yeah, um, and you know, he's playing... So well in Angie's system, as you say, he's pressing up the park for two of the goals. You know, he almost because a you know a poor tackle and poor referee, and he almost gets a broken leg. But he's pressing high up for two of the goals. Um, 
he's obviously playing that inverted fullback role. He's coming into the middle of the park and he's he's playing balls forward. Um, and he, he's finding he's picking out really good passes actually to to pick out um, forward players. He's defensively sound. Um, you know, he's 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 quite quick actually when he wants to be, and he's a great. Um, I'm sure he's got a couple of assists to his name. You know, his cutbacks are pretty good. He gets to the byline. He links up pretty well with Maeda. You know, he's he's developed into a, a fantastic player. Um, and, you know, it's, it's probably not something that I've seen coming, actually. You know, about a year ago, um, Ada said, you know, we also I said it last season, it's the one position where you definitely look at and think that's where we can definitely improve. But he, to his credit, he's improved so much where you're, where you're thinking... You know, this £3 million Argentinian left-back that we've signed probably can't get in the team because Taylor's improved that much. Um, and, you know, just sort of thinking short-term, going to uh, Kilmarnock, uh, Rugby Park, I mean, he'll know that pitch. He'll be the one player who's who's yeah. comfortable in that plastic surface. There for um, three years, his old yep. club. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how um, David McInnes has them playing. Uh, I'm sure it'll be different to Steve Clark. It'd be more like, you know, the, the Aberdeen team of five years ago, but I'm sure Greg Taylor will be able to cope pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. Um everybody's coming in with a lot of praise for, for Greg Taylor. John Duncan coming in to say, you know, that he's he thinks he's been the best player so far for Celtic this season, which I think's fair comment. Um and again I think it was really the epitome, you know, somebody was coming in there saying that he is a total workhorse, you know, when he's up the park later in the game pressing be be Yakimakis to help Abada get his goal. I think that basically says Everything about Greg Taylor's performance just on that position of left back, Lawrence. Um, I've got a question in here asking when do you think Burnaby gets game time? Listen, Burnaby will get his chance in a Celtic team, there's no doubt about that. I think every player knows that, but at this point in time, definitely not changing a winning formula. The chance will come, and I think probably one of the issues for, for Alexander at this point in time is just getting suited to the system. He probably hasn't played that inverted role as of yet, and it's something that's going to be important, uh, I think, for Celtic to develop this season. If you look at the way Bodo Glimt came to Celtic plant, they were almost playing that 2-3 kind of um, 5 in front of us. I think that's something we probably will see more and more, getting those uh, full-backs into the middle of the park, overlapping, creating more space and a complete overload in there. Yeah, look, as you said, he's going to get game time, but you know, Ange's on record, doesn't like to tinker about the defence. He likes to just get that settled. It's, a, it's about being ready to take it, doing his work and training and pressing the manager. And, and, and if, when he gets his chance, he's just being ready to take it. Uh, but for me, you know, Taylor's you know one of the first names in, in the team sheet just now. It's it just unfortunate he's, he's ahead of him. You know, you can look at over the other side. And it's the same way Juranovic and Ralston, isn't it? You know, Tony Ralston must be saying, "What do I have to do to try and get get ahead of Juranovic?" So it's, it's great. Uh, Twelve months in, we're looking across that back four, and we've got real competition for places. You know, players that were saying, you know, they're decent. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 
they'll do the job for us. And as opposed to getting players on loan for the Premiership, we didn't own our players for AC Milan, and you, you know you didn't know what you were getting. Boy for Everton, that oh, he, he looked as if he chucked it. You know, he, he lost the ball and he, he just stopped running. He, he didn't get back into position. These boys are playing Angie's system. You know, they don't stop. They, they know where they need to be every minute of that game. They know what's expected of them. So Angie's obviously communicating that to them, and the boys are delivering for them. So Bernabe, he'll get his, his chance at some point this season, and it'll be up to him to, to show us what he can do then. But but till, till then, you know, it, it's Greg Taylor. Jersey, isn't it? You know, and if he keeps putting in these performances, he's not going to lose it in form. It would take something like one of these tackles we've seen already, and we're only two games in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the chase is on in that position of left back. Um, just to mention this, a state of mind do have an event on this Friday for Rundum Fairlin at the famous PJ Malloy's, um, and Nottingham Band Chase are the headliners. Um, they came up, they did a session in a state of mind studios, and little. Did we know how much of a shared state of mind they had? Oh yeah, the Celtic link of us, it's um I say me my dad's side of the family is from up here, um, from Bonnie Bridge, that, that way. Um typical Catholics, it's both Celtic. <laughs> yeah, then uh, um yeah, my dad's from not like I say, I mean I was born in Nottingham, he's still there, so obviously that Celtic thing is passed down to him. And uh, it's passed down to me and you, isn't it? That's it. No, you, you have no choice. That's it. It runs for your veins, doesn't it? So, yeah, that's pretty much where, where that comes from, really. This next one's for Poster Coglu. It's called I'm the Man. So, there you go. If uh, you are in the area or you fancy getting through, please do come along. Uh, all the details are on Twitter. I think Paul Jones put it up on his Twitter. So, if you are interested in the event, um, just check that one out on Twitter but listen, always good to have that shared state of mind gentlemen, it's always good that we're all Tims um, and that should probably be a cracking night for Rundum Fairland I've been in PJ Alloys myself um, although it was quite a long time ago it was when we played Dunfermline like a Monday night or something in 2011, Isa came back from injury we were playing in a yellow kit and Gary Hooper or something scored that night a uh, long long time ago but listen there's that event there, check it out if you're in the area or you fancy Getting along. Um, back to back to kind of what's in the news. Probably you could say for the past couple of days, we'll come to our new transfer link. Probably something that will excite Celtic fans a lot more than Ross Barkley. Lawrence, um, Celtic have been linked with um, Alec Calado from from Barcelona, as I touched on at the top of the show. Olympiacos, Celtic have been mentioned as one of the teams as well as two La Liga sides. He's a youth squad player. Um, he would like to play European competition this season, but he is still attracted to La Liga. Um, and it would be a loan move. What's your take on this? I think that's what we're in the market for just now. Loans with options to buy, isn't it? Uh, we've spent quite a bit of money. We've still got some high wage earners uh, at the club that we, we need to get moved. You know, Julian Ayeti need to move out. Attacking midfielder or winger just gives us options. I don't really know much about the boy. Obviously, news broke just before this came on, so I've not even looked up his YouTube highlights yet. But, uh, listen, Angie's been pretty decent in the transfer market so far. You've got to think if, you know, if Angie's identified him as someone that will fit his system and, and benefit the squad, let's hope we, we bring him in. Uh, yeah, it's. I think that's where we are. You know, it's going to be loans with options to buy unless we sell or, or move out a Yeti or Julian. Patrick, what's your take on this one? Because I do expect any probably any more business from Celtic lately to be 
loan deals. Um, I think there's probably been a set budget in there. Whether you know people agree with that or, or disagree with it, there's been a set budget. The manager's chosen to go out and spend, you know, twelve million pounds and two trusted players that were so important for his last season. They're proving how important they can be this year. Um, and I probably, you know, expect any business left to do is going to be a loan deal. And you know, we were linked with uh, Hasbanakovic, I think, so the pronunciation that the Montenegrin boy from. From Ruben Kazan, so probably it is going to be an attack player we're likely to see come in the end of this window. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing about Calado is um, Barcelona are definitely in a rush to free up wages, so you know where you stand with them. Um, you know, if the player's happy to come to us, then we'll probably just need to cover his wages and that'll be it. The, the other thing is, you know, he's 23, if he was to come on, he'd be 24 next summer. You know, they're going to be another year into the sort of Xavi project, they're hopefully, well, for them, they're hopefully going to have guys like Lewandowski and, you know, guys like that playing up top for them. They so, hope. Aye, they, they hope. definitely hope. It's uh, it's proven a bit of a battle just now. Um, I think if they probably could, they'd be selling the keys to the city at this point in time to get them <laughs> registered. <laughs> well, I, well they're, they're attempting quite a lot of things to get that, that registration through, I think, but, you know... They're, they're going to have a relatively, well, not relatively, they're going to have a very powerful attacking lineup in 12 months' time if all things go their way. So where a 24-year-old Calado fits into that, I don't know. So he himself has probably been realistic in thinking, well, where am I going to be in a year's time, in two years' time, in three years' time? And Celtic could be an option for him. Um, you know, obviously we need to see if Ange wants him, if the club want him, but... Um, I think, you know, from Barcelona's end, I don't think there'd be any problem. I think if we were willing to co- cover the wages, um, then I-, I think it'd be pretty straightforward. Yeah, interesting one, Lawrence. I think it's kind of good that, you know, Edward Michu and, you know, people like this that we're getting, uh, our name is in the mix for these conversations, even though Ange Postacoglu batted down any spe- speculation for Michu, it's probably, you could say, refreshing that we're, we're involved in you know, these conversations with players of this kind of standard in European football once again? Yeah, definitely, you know, I, I think Angel, like any manager, any, anyone that improves the squad, isn't it? He, he's going to have an eye out there, but, you know, we're in a good place and it, it's up to Angel to see where he thinks could add value. I think we could do with another striker in, but I don't think we're going to get one as long as Ayeti's there. So maybe move him out behind a striker in, but yeah, you know, he's, he's playing for Barcelona, you'd expect to... Or, Signed by Barcelona, if not playing with him. We expect him to be of a decent standard. As I said, I, I've not seen him, but I'll, I'll get on YouTube after this and uh, have a look at him, you know, see what he's like. Who knows? They might be here before the weekend. Well, there is a, a meeting scheduled for tomorrow, just going by reports in Spain um, between his representatives and the club to basically decide his, his future. But just remember, Lawrence, YouTube clips can be very deceiving, I think. I, I watched one in the... Uh, Diego lacks out before he rocked up to Celtic and Albina Yeti and thought they were going to be top class and, and look how that ended up. So, listen, YouTube's not always a BL and end all, but that's all we can do. We can have a look at them. But again, you know, I'm sure that Ange Postacoglu's did a lot of homework on this. His scouting department seems to have ramped up in, in recent years, obviously, Patrick. Remember, we were all having those conversations with whether the gaps had been filled even since. Um, Brendan Rodgers had left to go to Leicester whether everything uh, every department had been taken care of but listen it looks at this point in time as if you know we've got to move on we're playing players from Argentina um, we've got a scout there or, or scouts plural um, and we're 
you know, acting like a big football club that I think we should all expect Celtic to, to be. So, listen, it's one, it could just be speculation, you know, where we're getting to that point. It's, I think, three weeks tomorrow, uh, the window shuts, so there'll be plenty of speculation coming around and whatnot, um, and we'll just see what happens. One player we know who, you know, former Celtic striker, Lee Griffiths is headed down under to the western coast of Australia. Um, very nice part of the world to, to play football, Patrick, but he's only going to play two games. We, we won't hammer the point on Lee Griffiths because probably Celtic fans are bored of us uh, speaking about him. But he's over there. He's probably putting his, himself in the, the shop window, which is certainly what Jared from Boys Down Under had told us, you know, getting over there, playing some game times, maybe looking for a, a move to the A-League eventually. Yeah, that's probably his thinking, you know, it's a hell of a risk going over to Australia to play two games. I mean, that's <laughs> even with money. It's always a nice holiday if you, if you don't. Aye, aye. It's got a lovely greyhound track as well, Mandura. Um, so I'm sure we'll be fine. <laughs> uh, but aye, I mean, to even know if you say good luck to him, you know, Celtic gave him so many chances and he, he sort of wasted all of them, didn't he? Uh, good play in his day, you know. I loved him when he was uh, when he was on form. Uh, five, six years ago, but, you know, it's 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 really sad what he's done to his career, really, because he, he was a very uh, gifted, natural striker, and, you know, when uh, I think it was a relegated Falkirk didn't want him, I, I think they're struggling in League One, and even they wouldn't take him, so I think Fofer knocked him back as well, in League Two, it's incredible, um, but, you know, good luck to him in Australia, I'm sure he, he sees it as a new chapter, and hopefully that's what it can be for him. Yeah, it'll be an interesting one to see what happens. Mandura is obviously the place he's away to. Um, which one of our commenters came in and said, "Listen, thank you for for watching this time, whatever time of the, the day it is over it and all." But he said that's where he lives, and it's a semi-pro pub league. So interesting one to see how that gets on and how that develops. Two games is not a lot, but listen, I'm sure it's a, a nice place of all to be playing uh, football. And to come back to to other movement, Lawrence, not on the player front. John Kennedy yesterday um, reports came out. You know, linking the Celtic number two to, to Midland. Um, Gary Oliver's came in here to ask, is John Kennedy off? What's your thoughts around this? Because, listen, he's been there a long time. We know John's been there under, you know, I think four different managers now. Came in at first under Ronnie Dyla to work alongside him and John Collins. He was then retained under Brendan Rodgers. And then Neil Lennon appointed him, or Celtic appointed him as his number two. And Ange Postecoglou re- retained that too. Um, at the age of 38, you know, should he maybe be looking at being a, a assistant manager in the Champions League first before he, he looks towards uh, Danish football? I don't know. I, th- I think it'd be a cracking opportunity for John Kennedy. Uh, you know, he, he's been linked with a few jobs. He's he stayed with Celtic, you know, obviously when everyone else left with Brendan, John stayed. He's got a bit of abuse last season. You know, he, I think at one point he was described as a defensive coach uh, uh, when he jobs at Celtic. But he's not. Yeah, it's not anymore. But I, I think uh, it was at Celtic View. He was actually quoted as a defensive coach. But uh, so, but Ange just kept him on and, you know, seems more than happy with him. Would it be a loss for us? Yeah, could we handle the loss under Ange? I've no doubt we could. We would handle it. It'd be interesting to see who, who Ange would bring in then. Uh, would he bring someone else in? Would he promote from within? But, yeah, you know, if Kennedy goes, all the best to him. You know, you, there's no denying that he's been here a long time. And, and over the course of time, he's, he's definitely been a good servant for the club. You know, he, unfortunately, his injury in his own career. But I think maybe, yeah, he's got ambitions to be a manager. 
by on in his own right, and I think this is probably you know a cracking opportunity for him to go out and, and try that. Maybe away uh, from the Celtic Rangers stuff and the, the, the kind of intense pressure to be under in Scotland, it might be a wee bit easier to go over and do it there for his job, first job. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, John Duncan's come in to say that he hopes that John Kennedy goes out, proves as he went wrong, and he hopes that one day will come back as a top manager for, for Celtic. I, I don't doubt that might be his ambition one day, Patty. Obviously, he was handed the reins uh, towards the end of the COVID season. It didn't go too well. I think you could have probably stuck um, Alex Ferguson or, you know, in there and it probably wouldn't have went well anyway. Um, I, I think that's an interesting one because we've spoken about Midgieland before. We know what the light is a football club, but we know the way that they do business. Much like that Brentford model of working in, in football. We've heard all the plaudits about John Kennedy as a top coach. At the age of 38, do you think it might just be you know, too soon for him maybe to go into management of, of a, a team like this and just stick to, to where he is just now because I, I say that in terms of he's yet to be an assistant manager in the Champions League it's a great opportunity and I'm sure he's still learning under Ange Postecoglou like he's done under the, the previous three managers he's worked under I don't think it's too early at all um, you know you, he's only 38 but as you say he's had, he's had 8 years as a high ranking member of that first team coaching staff I mean he's been an assistant manager since you know, uh, February 2019. So he, he's got a he's got a wealth of experience. Um, he's worked under you know guys like you know Ronnie Dyler, Brendan Rodgers, Neil Lennon, Postecoglou. I mean, four attacking managers, four very different managers. Um, you know, different philosophies, different approaches to the game. So he, he's he's got a range of experience. And as far as 38 year, 38 year olds go, he's probably got more more experience than most. Um, I think from a John Kennedy point of view, I think if you're offered the job, I think you should take it. From a Celtic point of view, I hope he doesn't leave. But from a John Kennedy point of view, if he wants to be the Celtic manager one day, I think he's got to leave and come back. Because I don't think we're going to appoint an assistant as the full-time manager. Um, I really can't see that happening. Um, and, you know, as you say, similar to Brentford, they've, they've got the same owner, um, that Matthew Benham. Mitchelland, he bought them first as a sort of tester before buying Brentford and they're very much running the, the same way and you know as we've seen last season they're, they're not, I know they put us out but they're not really of the Celtic standard normally, you know Celtic were poor against them last season so they're a level below us but they're actually quite decent, you know they're, they're a decent side and they gave us a game over, what was it, 210 minutes, so mm-hmm. I think from a John Kennedy point of view, if he's offered the job, I think he should take it. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Um, they're, they're playing tonight, they're playing Benfica tonight, they're 4-1 down in aggregate, so likely crashing out the, the, the Champions League. But listen, there'll be an opportunity there in another European football uh, this season. Um, other people's come in to say that, you know, maybe John Kennedy doesn't want to be a manager, prefers being a coach, that is potential. You know, we've seen other coaches go into management and return back to, to being a coach. Um I certainly think Lawrence it'd be a loss to Celtic if we do lose him. Listen, I, I don't doubt that Ange Postecoglou would probably either you know carry Cooley's number two or, or or whatever else. But I think his experience in there, um, everything we've heard, you know, from a guy like Damien Duff describing John as a a world class coach, he obviously has a a great track record in terms of honours, everything he's been through at the club, um, and I'm sure he's a, an integral part inside that dressing room under Ange. 
Listen, it, it would be sad to see him go, but it's, if he wants to be a manager, you know, it's down to John. If he wants to be a manager, I think this is an absolute cracking opportunity for him. And yeah, it, you know, a lot of people, if they don't grasp the opportunities, it, it passes them by. You know, they're too late. So he's got to be thinking. He, I think he needs to take the step soon to go out there. He's got eight years' experience, as Patrick said. That should be more than enough to step out as a manager in your own right. I mean, was, was it 10 games he was in charge of the team in the COVID season? So, yeah, and I, I think he'd be able to handle the step up and, and shows what he can do as a manager. And listen, the, the early commentator was right. It's, it'd be great for him to go out and learn his trade there and then when it does come time for a change, maybe for him to come back as manager if he's, he's proven he can do it elsewhere. Yeah, it's an interesting one. We'll keep an eye on it. Um, I'm sure... If he's considering it at all, they'll be, you know, paying close attention to their, their match tonight against Benfica in the qualifying of the Champions League. Um, some good news for a change, Patrick, in terms of tickets. Ross County um, have changed tack um, on the allocation for Celtic. It was announced just you know, a couple of hours ago that Celtic are going to be getting the whole of the North and the East stand. Um, Ross County described that due to a poor uptake. I think that's quite refreshing. They're, they're saying they're doing this as a trial to see how it goes, and you know. I think, you know, from their perspective as a club that, you know, didn't have the benefit of pay-per-view shown for a start of the weekend and for extra revenue, it makes a lot of sense to Ross County. Yeah, it makes sense to everyone, you know, if they're, you know, more than the League Cup games are sort of bonus and, again, if they've got Celtic, they'll be realistic in thinking, well, that's our one and only Cup game this season, um, well, for the League Cup anyway. Um, so they want to maximise revenue. They'll probably want to Celtic Park so that it was split 50-50. But they need to make as much money as they can from these games. You know, to have it at home, to ha- to have it as your only cup game in this competition, you as well selling out as many tickets as you can. Um, I'm of the opinion that you should do it in league games as well. You know, leave yourself Livingston, with a home advantage. Livingston yeah, yeah. benefit from it. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, even, not, not even going as far as Livingston, you know, leave yourself a home advantage. I think most teams sell out at least 50% of the ground, you know, but restricting Celtic to, you know, 5 or 10% when half your stadium's empty, again, it makes no sense to me, especially when uh, fans are constantly complaining about the, the massive difference in, in resources and finances. Um, it's, it, it's good to see from Ross County. Um, it will benefit them financially, no doubt. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, Celtic fans going up can enjoy it because... I think it's a Wednesday night that game, isn't it? So a trip, a trip to Dingwall on a Wednesday night that causes havoc midweek for some people, isn't it? Yeah, it's a half day off work and then feeling ill the next morning. <laughs> um, been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, and whatnot. Um, but Lawrence, you know, in terms of it, probably is a no-brainer. Um, Alan Morrison put into the the group chat that we were all in earlier today that Saturday it was a lowest attendance against Celtic. Um, in the last seven seasons, apart from the, the, the COVID season apart, just to kind of give you an idea, it's always been around that kind of 6,000 odd mark. And on Saturday, it was 5,500. Um, you would think that probably a 3pm kickoff would have suited a lot more people better. But from some of the comments I read under the, the Ross County tweet, it was a nightmare to buy tickets. One, I don't think there was any pay at the gate type tickets, which maybe some people prefer to do. So I think probably from Ross County's perspective, it's how they also treat their fans on this, you know. They need to make it as accommodating as possible for them. Um, I know they, they put out a statement trying to warn um, Celtic fans that are away from the game, but 
you know, it makes real good financial sense for them to do this for this League Cup game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, last season they were able to to sell the rights to view the game. Obviously, that stopped now. You know, clubs were selling their own stream. So that was an income stream coming in for them that they're now going to have to replace. And if, you know, and it is selling tickets. Is it 20, 25 you're in this TV deal? It'll be interested to see about what happens after then because I don't think it particularly suits Scottish football that well. You know, the clubs are going to have some data now that they could say, well, actually, what would we get in our own stream? But yeah, it, it's sensible getting more people into the grounds, isn't it, to watch football? Uh, you know, it's been said many times, you know, without fans, football is nothing. So get as many people into the grounds as possible. Hopefully more clubs, you, you know, will follow the lead. But, you know, it's their choice. You've seen a couple of clubs come out and say, oh, no, our fans don't, don't want us to do that. But, yeah. I can only hope that kind of, the, you know, more clubs follow Ross County's leads. It, it, it seems a sensible decision. Just reading the comments here, um, just like to wish Frank, one of our regu- regular contributors, a very uh, happy birthday from everyone here at Axom. Um, don't want to get a hard time from from some of the usual commenters. Obviously, wish him a happy birthday. Happy birthday from us all. Hopefully, we get a result um, on, on Sunday uh, against Kelly. Um, just to kind of wrap up here in terms of the the McCarthy speculation I read something really interesting the other day that one of the UEFA rules for the 25 man squad is you need four homegrown players we've got that and people like you know Stephen Belsh Carl McGregor James Forrest and whatnot, and you need four association players so that will be guys like Segrist um, and Taylor trying to think here somebody will correct me if you can think tell me Um, Taylor Turnbull. Turnbull. Turnbull's another one, right? But McCarthy's Ralston, one of these ones because obviously Ralston's one of the homegrown ones. Um, but in terms of this, I think if Johnson, Johnson's obviously counting as one of the, the the Celtic ones that's coming through, but one of the association players is McCarthy. And if Celtic do choose to let him go, it's very likely that you're going to need to leave a, a spot empty in the 25 man squad for the Champions League. Do you think that could possibly be something that's, you know, that Ange Postacoglu's thinking about. I think he said the other day that any move away for James McCarthy wasn't on his radar um, and it was an important part of the Celtic squad. Uh, uh, so if we sell McCarthy and don't bring in someone else from the SPFL, you'd have to leave the space blank. Is that what you're saying? I think, so. I think that's correct, yeah. Right. I, I suppose it depends, you know. It's, it's weighing up the pros and cons, you know. Are you willing to pay... I mean, how, how much is James McCarthy going to play in those six Champions League games and you've got to weigh that up with how much money are we spending on James McCarthy keeping him at the club um, you know if if Ange sees a, a place from in his squad um, you know to come on the last 15-20 minutes calm the game down keep the ball safe and stuff um, then you know fair enough keep him around but if you're looking at trying to get rid of him and the only block to that is having one guy less in your squad for the Champions League I'm not sure that's a reason to keep him around because how much is he actually going to play in those Champions League games? And at the end of the day, you're not really a man down, you're just a, a James McCarthy down, if that makes sense, because he's the only person that you can play, if you get what I'm saying. Uh, so, um, I, I mean, if Angie's happy to keep him around, then, you know, let's roll with that. But it's, you know, I, I can't see signing anyone else from the SPFL, so I can see him sticking around, um, if I'm being honest. I don't yeah, think it's an 
you know, you've got to factor that in. I don't think James wants to go in it anywhere. I think, you know, James wants to stay at Celtic. So unless the players of a mind that, you know, would agree to leave, he's under contract and I think he's going to stay. Yeah, he's under a long-term contract as well. And obviously, I think a lot of people right away have just linked to my Sunderland just due to that link with Alec Neely's old Hamilton boss. But, um, yeah, it's an interesting one in terms of the squad. I think that's a good point that, that Patrick makes there on that. Um, and it's basically, you know, it's up to probably Ange Postacoglu and this one, we'll see how that goes. As I say, it's three weeks or so till the, the window uh, closes. J- just lastly, um, Lawrence, I know you obviously to get a mention on this. Great victory for the Celtic women at the weekend, 9-0, and a nice bit of history as well. Um, the great Patsy Gallagher's great-granddaughter went in, I think she scored a hat-trick, and uh, Mark Burchill's daughter also uh, got an assist in the day, so a wee bit of... Kind of Celtic history put into that 9-0 victory for the for the ladies to kick off our season. Yeah, cracking was a result from apparently Jacinta was in, in sparkling form as well. Another hand trick, yeah. Yep, so yeah, the, you know, it was at Excelsior. I'm not too sure when Celtic are going to link this into the season book and, and maybe throw those games in or, or do something. I think, you know, Fergus would have. But yeah, it's great to see the girls doing well. Uh, before we go, I'd just like to thank... Uh, Owen McElvey, the tennis along to see Pete Docker today last night in Edinburgh, who turns out is another guy with a Celtic state of mind. Who knew Pete and his manager, big Celtic fans. Uh, and I was out at Kev, Kev Graham's birthday party at the weekend, uh, and a few people that always watches are V. Peter Heed, apparently. She waits for her husband coming in, turns this on as soon as he sits down and gives him a cup of tea and sit and watch his axe on with him. So to Ali and V, Peter Heed, hello. There you go. Very nice. Always nice to hear that. I'm quite chuffed that, that Pete Doherty's a Tim as well. Um, don't look back into the sun and whatnot. Great tunes. Um, thanks to, to all our usual Tuesday uh, regulars on the comment section. Please, if you've been watching the video, do like. And if you've not already, do subscribe to the channel. I've given you the details about that gig in there on Friday. It's sure to be a cracker through in Dunfermline. Um, enjoy the game on Sunday and have a good week, everyone. Patrick Lawrence, thanks for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. Got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. 
people all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data q3 2022 and cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Fast Twitch, the new energy drink from Gatorade, is here. And it's powering fast starts for athletes in every arena, like NBA All-Star Zion Williamson, WNBA champ Kalia Copper, and MLB superstar Francisco Lindor. With 200 milligrams of caffeine, electrolytes, and zero sugar, Fast Twitch is the new go-to for on-the-go energy anytime you need to turn up the intensity. Available in six refreshing Gatorade-inspired flavors. Grab Fast Twitch in the energy drink aisle at a store near you. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Network.